0: Welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. We're so glad that you're joining us. Man, we have had some of the most listens we've ever had on our pad- podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for writing a review. If you haven't already, please do so. We'd love to hear that. And we're just yeah. uh, grateful that we get to do this.
1: Yeah, and thank you for watching. Those of you on YouTube, we appreciate you as well. This will be, though, the last week that our episodes are recorded and put out on YouTube. And so we apologize for that. If you were with us last week, we talked about the reason why for that. Uh, we had a conference with Paul White several weeks ago. Paul Young. and uh, well, Paul Young. We do know Paul White, too, but yeah. Paul Young. And uh, you just happened to, like, grab just different pastors and people yeah. into the studio and recorded just quick podcasts with them. And so be looking for that this summer. Yeah. Because those uh, episodes are amazing. Matter of fact, the one with Paul Young, I'm just going to say it again. Next week. One of the best episodes. Are we going to put it out next week? Are we going to go and say it? So, yeah, next week, make sure you're listening because um, it was a fantastic episode. And I think maybe one of the best that
0: we've ever. Done. Although and, this, uh, we interviewed a lot of people and are going to promote some people throughout the summer, June and July, and we've got really good conversations from people doing incredible things all around the country and the world. Yeah, we also so have I'm, our buddies from the Netherlands on.
1: Really looking forward to it. Yep. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, so be on the lookout for those this summer. And speaking of summer, the question of the week what are you most looking forward to? This summer. this summer.
0: Oh man, you know, summers are crazy. You're going to Guatemala. We got a youth camp, which youth camp is one of my favorite things we do all summer long, but I'm really looking forward to my two mini vacations. The one up in my cottage at Lake Michigan with my family. I love that vacation. It's very restful. And then going with you to uh, a houseboat for a couple of days with our man, Reggie. It's one of my favorite things we do every single year. Yeah, so.
1: I was going to say the houseboat as well. We don't really have a lot of family pa- plans to get away um, for a week or whatever at a time uh, we'll take little small short trips so that's always fun but man the houseboat like three or four days out on the water there's just something about sleeping in a boat on the water it's, it just is experience. so relaxing waking up coffee on the front of the boat every morning mm.
0: we're making I'm some already of our listeners jealous <laughs> but to be honest It's less about the boat for me and more about who's on that boat. Oh, yeah. I love uh, Rick. um, Shout out to you. We love you. I love you more. I wouldn't want to go to the houseboat if it wasn't with Rick. So, and you and Reg and all our wives. And
1: it's a good time. Yeah. Love it. So we're going to continue in our series. Last part. Last part. Part number five on the lies we believe about God. Remember, we're going through um, the book by... Paul Young with the same name lies we believe about God, and the last for a week we've unpacked a lot. We're we're only picking ten. We got two more for you today, but the book is what twenty eight chapters, mm-hmm. and so I would really encourage you to pick it up, read through his thoughts.
0: Um, I would encourage super you to get the audio version because he's got a really cool voice. Yeah, he it's does. Very to attractive to just sit and listen to it, and then hearing him and his tone unpack the lies are really good too. So yeah, yeah go listen to it. Audio book. Right.
1: Last week we had a lot of fun. Uh, just unpacking the lies, not everyone is a child of God. And the last one from last week, you need to get saved. And so if you haven't already done so, please go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, I think it was one of the better ones of the five, but I'm really looking forward to the two lies we're going to unpack today. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and get started. It's chapter 26 in Paul Young's book. And the lie is that God loves me for my potential.
0: Oh man, you get around church folk, especially church leadership. They use this word potential a lot uh, too much. Yeah, a
1: whole lot. And again, sometimes rightly so. We, we want to encourage people, inspire people to continue to do amazing things. Debatable. But, the well, we try. <laughs> Let's say we try. Maybe um, manipulate. <laughs> but the idea that God loves me for that is just yeah. completely a lie and completely fa- false. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this, but many of us do. And I know I still struggle with this. We believe our acceptance is often linked to our performance. Right. And then that performance piece is dependent on us reaching that full potential, whatever that is. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Fulfilling our potential. uh, It's always a moving target. Right. It really is because no one really knows what it even is because I've heard people talk about their potential and they can't even give me a clear definition because a lot of times potential is always defined for us by someone else. Mm -hmm. And if it's defined by somebody else, it's always an easy fail. Easy fail. Yep. What nice. everyone else has mm-hmm. expectations of us. We try to walk in that, live in that, think that that's our potential that we have to live out and accomplish. And many times we fall in that. And so does God love us for our potential? Absolutely. I'll say hell no. Yeah. Like, no. So just like I don't love my kids for their potential. Hmm. Why would I think that God would only love me for mine? So if I am not yet enough, when will that be? That's what the answer, that's the question that we have to, to answer and think through because just like we won't enjoy the presence of our children is if the focus is somewhere in the future, like I can't wait until my kids get to this position, making this amount of money, and then I'll call that successful and that's their potential and what they're able to do instead of being a parent who says, no, I love them for who they are, not Mm -hmm. for
0: what they can do. And we sometimes curse kids by saying, oh man, that one never reached his potential. Yeah. What kind of unfair expectation was that? Right. What were you projecting on them? Right. And
1: so we have to be people that can just, again, we talk a lot about just being in the moment. And with God, when it comes to his love for us, we already know it's agape, it's unconditional, meaning there's no conditions, meaning it doesn't matter or depend on our potential or what we can do. It's simply, he loves us for who we are. And I love that. And, and speaking of that, like this idea of potential, that it's somewhere out there. Remember, life is not about arriving. To a destination it's not a destination life is about the journey mm-hmm. and the cool part is jesus gets into our life and is a part of our life he's in us and he lives it out with us and it's a beautiful thing to know that you're not alone and it's all about a journey yeah but i did say something earlier about expectation i want to unpack it just just yeah. briefly too because one thing that paul young talked about is one of the main quotes a couple weeks ago from the conference that i took away was how if we can get to a place where we live without expectation, we can start to see everything as a gift. Hmm. And I know for me, I set so many expectations up for everything. And because not very many things meet my expectation, man, I can hardly see anything as a gift. I can't hardly see anything as beautiful because I put an expectation around almost every aspect of my life. And like so people included people included. Yeah. And so even me personally, yeah. and so... Ooh uh, man, I just was so challenged, like crazy with that quote. Like I got to start removing some of these expectations. And we actually asked Paul about this. I think it's a little bit on the podcast next week, Mm -hmm. but he talked about how it's okay to start living in expectancy, but just not expectation. And I know we dialogued a little bit about that. I struggled
0: with that because I was like, what does that even mean? Is that just clever? phrases or like semantics, but then we were at Chick-fil-A with Matthew Hester. Shout out to you, Dr. Matthew Hester, yeah. doctor, uh, talking about it where we had to, had to actually had to look up the definition of it. Yeah. You want me to look it well, up? Well, you, you started it?
1: looking up the definition. I didn't need the definition. Oh, I think I had, sorry. no, I did. I gave you an illustration right away that yeah, I felt like brought a lot of clarity. Now I'll, I'll just kind of use that same illustration because it might speak to a lot of our listeners as well. But I talked about how, okay, you're killing it at your job, you're doing well, and you can have an expectancy that, man, it would be really nice this year at the end of the year to get some kind of year-end bonus uh, because I felt like I have done a lot for the company mm-hmm. or for the organization. So you can have an ex- expectancy around that. But when we cross the line into expectation, it's no, it needs to be a set amount that I need to get paid as a and bonus I deserve or and because I deserve it or I got this amount last year, whatever it is, let's make up a number. I got $5,000 last year. So now you've set an expectation this year. I felt like I did just as good. So I better get another $5,000 bonus. But what happens is you get to the end of the year and you get a $3,000 check that slides across the table to you, man, we love you. We're so appreciative. You did so good. And we hand you that you're going to open it up. You're going to smile and say, thank you so much. And you're going to leave cussing someone out. Yeah. Why? Why? because it was 2000 less than last year. And then you're going to start to get bitter. You're start, going to start to be hateful. You're going to start to resent the job that you're in because why you set an expectation that wasn't fair. And you didn't see that that was actually a bonus. Yeah. You didn't see the $3,000 as this incredible mm-hmm. gift that you got. You just saw it as something that was less than because you had an expectation from the year before. And that robs you from seeing the gifts in that. And in every situation you can, so you can good. relay this to anything yeah. in life. So would really? you say
0: that like expectancy is more of like hopeful, but expectation is more along the lines of entitlement?
1: Um, for sure, entitlement, and I think uh, actually Matthew Hester he brought that out as it's like putting parameters around the expectancy,
0: mm. and, and that's so, why this verbiage matters. I, yeah. I I got the definition expectation definition according to Oxford is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So. Uh, y- y- this is where disappointment yeah. leads into, but expectancy is the state of thinking or hoping, hoping. that something, especially something pleasant will happen or be the yeah. case in the future.
1: Yeah. And that's the difference in those two wordings. Something and it's
0: not semantics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hoping, or we believe something will Yeah, like that. That is two completely different things. And, and so, so yeah. start
0: to live in expectancy. <laughs> yeah. Because expectancy is, there's no, if you're truly living in an expectancy, there is no disappointment attached to it. But there is disappointment attached to expectation. Yeah. And that, yeah, that verbiage, I'm glad we talked it through and even talked it through here because it makes even more sense. You said something like, going back to this lie, that if I'm not enough yet talking about potential, yeah. then when will I be? I think that's also why I hate the church verbiage of like the best is yet to come. And I was watching the... Uh, I, uh, so I know that Hillsong documentary came out a couple of years ago or last year or whatnot, but they just released the new documentary that Carl Lentz's Carl perspective Lentz. on Hillsong. And it's funny because when you, when you watch all this stuff and I have no opinion on it, I'm just watching it because I don't know these people or this organization. So I don't have an opinion on it because I'm trying to have less opinions about people and things I don't know. But I did see, they, they use that phrase on everything churchwide, like the best is yet to come. And yeah. I'm looking at it from the perspective of, do they still believe that? Because if the best is yet to come and Hillsong, New York City no longer exists, right. then when was it at its best? Because it's no yeah. longer happening. Well, you know what I'm saying?
1: I think, And I hear what you're saying. I have a different angle to that and take to it because I think the phrase, the best is yet to come, is in the realm of expectancy. Because here's the difference. I can have an expectation, man, we had an amazing you know, movement going, whatever that may be, and next year, we wanna we wanna see, you know, a thousand people come to awaken to their identity in Christ. We wanna see five hundred people follow after Jesus and get baptized. And we set those expectations for the next year. But when you say, man, I just believe the best is yet to come, that's coming from a hopeful place. Now whether it happens or not, you don't get disappointed. Why? Because it's hopeful. I want to I want the best to come, so I'm gonna continue to speak it and to declare it because it's hopeful language to speak over people.
0: Yeah.
1: So I don't I think that's still expectancy, not expectation.
0: Yeah. I think it oftentimes though, depending on who it is and it could be case by case, I think at least for me it was robbing me of being in the present. And so removing that from my language got helped me to be.
1: Yeah, and I can see why you're saying that too because of that. Like I agree with you're you, only but thinking I also disagree with you. Because you, yeah. well, I'm not going to give too much away, but then you start future tripping yeah. and thinking about, future okay, tripping. the best is yet to come. Okay. What's it going to look like? Yeah. But then that would, like but, you
0: said, it would go around expectation and not expect e- expectancy, expectancy. Yeah. Which is such good verbiage so, when you think about it. I hope yeah. you're really encouraged by that list. I hope you're yeah. challenged by that because we're challenged by that. And speaking of that, especially if the lie that God loves me, not for my potential. The other lie is from chapter 25, that God is disappointed in me. Hmm. And I've never believed that God was disappointed in me, but this past weekend, I got the verbiage for it and how he explained expectation versus expectancy. (laughs) And here's what he said. So we know what disappointment feels. And I think I'm right in saying that many, if not all, long to hear our own fathers say that they are proud of us, but not from our performance, which many of us try to get, but simply because we're just theirs. Think about the power of these statements. You belong to me, and I belong to you. The universe is better because you are in it. I love you. I am especially fond of you. And these are statements that we actually hear from our Father. Disappointment revolves around unmet expectations and imaginations. But God knows you completely and fully, even before you were created or or born, so the reality is, is you don't surprise God. God delights in you. And I love what he, I'm, I'm going to have to pull up yeah. my notes again. No, from, I got it. Cause I know it. exactly what you're yeah. going to
1: say. If God knows everything, then does God ever have an expectation? No, no. And if God doesn't have expectations, then you can never disappoint God.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So good. <sighs> and that's, that's what he said when he opened it up. And I yeah. was like, Oh yeah. And and this goes back to another orthodox belief. He's omniscient, right? All knowing. Right. So if yeah. he is all knowing, he cannot have an expectation have that doesn't get met because he's all knowing. Yep. So he therefore he's never disappointed in you. Right. Ever. Oh my god. Listener, listen to that. I'm not like getting my goosebumps I know, right god now. God has so never good. been disappointed in you or with you. In fact, God does grieve for you and with you. When you act inside your lies and darkness, but not because God expected more from you, he grieves the identity we often refuse to believe. It is the gap of lies we believe about ourselves that we project onto God, uh, and we project disappointment and abandonment, which are two things that God never does. He never abandons you, never forsakes you. He was talking about the five—did he record that on the podcast, or was that in a private conversation where he talked about that verse— I never will I leave you. Never will I forsake oh, you yeah. to the There's fifth, five to like the negatives Does to he do this? Fifth, does he talk about that in the tenth podcast? Nth degree or something. I'm yeah. not sure. Well, I think it just that, conversation. Like, blew my mind. I was like, what? yeah, that might yeah. have been. A, I think that was on yeah. your back deck. Yeah. And so, yeah, God has never been disappointed in you, in you. He never abandons you, never forsaken you. And your performance does not dictate God's affection towards you. We do not have the power to change God's mind about us. Oh, so beautiful. Isn't that? and i think this entire episode was just for me
1: even as we're going through it so encouraging so as a listener i hope you were encouraged today by overcoming these two lies that god is disappointing and disappointed in you cuz he's not yeah he's pleased with Never you he been. loves you and then we just dismantled the lie um that god loves you for your potential yeah we did that as well he loves you for you and it's a beautiful thing. And if you were encouraged, I'm actually gonna ask you to do one thing, since this also is the last time that we're gonna be uh, on video as well, but whether you're watching or whether you're listening, would you share this podcast episode with someone who needs maybe just a little bit of encouragement? Mm-hmm. I would love that. Matter of fact, I would love for our listens from this episode this next week to double in listens because you shared it specifically for someone And then use the words, hey, I just wanted to encourage you. I think this will really lift you up and bless you.
0: Give it a listen because it's that good. And next week we have Paul Young on. It's going to be an incredible episode. And hopefully you like this whole series, this part five that we did. Again, you can go back and, and get his book on audiobook or however you listen or read books. We do encourage you to do it. If you disagree with anything, jump into that, dissect it, contemplate why you might, and because at the end of the day, we, we do this podcast to help you believe that you matter. And that's really our heart for you. We love you. We appreciate you. Seriously, thank you for listening to this. And uh, make sure you join us next week because it's, it's going to be 50 minutes of power. So yeah, amazing. 50 minutes of the hour of power. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so with that, just heard. know you are loved and there's nothing you can do about it.